Interwomack Ministries presents this session from the 2014 Karis Bible College Campus Days. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. So let's give a warm welcome for Greg Moore. Well, good morning. This is a good day, amen? How many of you are glad to be here today? Would rather be here than the best hospital in town? Best jail in town? Amen. Praise God. I, uh, I've got a couple of books down on the uh, Karis Bible College book table. Uh, this one is uh, called Your Healing Door. Uh, I was healed of cancer in 1977. Uh, our revel revelation of the word, what God's provided, at the, what Jesus provided for us at the cross. Um, my son Michael, who is Andrew's daily television producer, uh, was healed of an arthritic muscular condition. Uh, and, you know, I've just discovered over the years pastoring that, you know, healing's available to all of us. And you can receive it in many different ways. And the, in this book, uh, just shares 12 different ways that you can receive healing. It only takes one, one key to unlock a healing door, and that's the premise, premise of this book. So, uh, Ashley, why don't you give this to someone who, who needs healing? Only if you'll read it, receive healing for yourself, and give it away to someone else who needs healing, you can take that book. <coughs> Amen. Praise God. Don't, don't tear his arm off. Okay, um, my, my assignment today is to, uh, is to share with you about how to receive revelation from God's Word. If you will open your notebooks, you know, we give everyone a notebook in uh, session uh, six in your notebook. Uh, we have, we have a, uh, my, my session there. And, I, and as I do in, in, in Bible college, uh, you have to fill in the blanks for me. So you're going to have to fill in blanks. Praise God. But first of all, I want to tell you a funny. Is that all right? I want to start off with a funny. A young woman teacher with obvious liberal tendencies explains to her class of small children that she's an atheist. She asks her class if they're atheists too. Not really knowing what atheism is, but wanting to be like their teacher, their hands explode in the air like fireworks. There is, however, one exception, a beautiful little girl named Lucy, and she's not gone along with the crowd. The teacher asked her why she decided to be different. She said, because I'm not an atheist. The teacher asked, well, then what are you? She said, well, I'm a Christian. The teacher's a little perturbed now, her face slightly red. She asked Lucy, why is she a Christian? She said, well, I was brought up and taught to know about Jesus and and he died for my sins, and my mom is a Christian, and my dad is a Christian, so I'm a Christian. The teacher's now angry. That's no reason, she said loudly. What if your mom was a moron, and your dad was a moron? What would, what would you be then? She paused and smiled and said, well, I guess I'd be an atheist then. <laughs> Praise God. The wisdom that comes from babes. Amen. 
James chapter 4 and verse 6, I don't know if that is in your outline, but I'm going to read it anyway. And we're going to cover a lot of scriptures. This is, this uh, campus day's theme is about discovering God's word for you. And so um, we're going to share a lot of scripture. Uh, James 4 verse 6 says, but he gives more grace. Everybody say he gives more grace. Okay, now, when we're born again, do you, do you understand we're, we're three parts, spirit, soul, and body? When we're born again, we receive all that Jesus has and all that He is in His nature, and, we have, and He's full of grace and truth, so we have gra- all grace. But He says here we can, He, he said He's got more, more grace for us. What does that mean? There, I mean, there's some areas of my life, my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, and, and my experience in the natural realm that I need more grace. How many of you know we could use more grace? And he said here he has more grace for us. And uh, he, gives, he gives grace to the humble. But then 1 Peter 1, verse 13, I believe that is, I believe that is in your uh, outline. 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, rest... Uh, your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That blank there is Jesus Christ. If if we want more grace, he says here that grace is brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so what I want to talk to you in my session about is how to receive revelation from the Word. How you can receive revelation from the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking to you. <laughs> if he says that he, if, if the Word of God says he has more grace for us, and in here, 1 Peter 1.13 says that grace is brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ, then that's what we need. We need revelation of the Word. We need revelation of Jesus. Amen? Every one of us. Each one of us. Now, I want to I give you several scriptures just to give you a scriptural basis for receiving revelation. I'm not going to spend a long time on these verses because I'm going somewhere here, but I, I do want to give you the, the basis uh, for receiving revelation. Deuteronomy 29.29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So in this, in this passage, it tells us that first of all, revelation will bless our family. It, it also will stay with us forever and it will help us to act on the Word of God. How many of you think that's important? I mean, that's a message in itself right there. If you're looking for a message, it's right there. Then 1 Samuel 3.21 Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the Word of the Lord. So the Word of God then, we see, is our primary source for revelation. And there's a lot going on and and spoken today about the Word of God where they're dissecting the Word of God and trying to get you just to focus on one part of the Word of God. But all Scripture is profitable for, for instruction and correction. In, in righteousness. All scriptures. Everybody say all scripture. All scripture. And, and if you didn't, be, didn't believe that, get Barry's message from yesterday. 
about how the, how the old is in the new and the new is in the old. And, 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 and listen, we need to, we need, when you get to heaven, Hosea is going to ask you, have you read my book? Some of you are going to get to heaven and Joel's going to come up to you and say, I, I never knew you. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Matthew 16. <laughs> oh, I crack myself up sometimes. <laughs> we have fun at Karis Bible College. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just get, I just get a, <laughs> just the thought of that, you know, just, <laughs> praise God. It's awesome. All right, Matthew 16. This is a powerful, powerful passage, verse 17 through 19. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me stop there. Uh, on what rock? On what? On the rock of what? Of, of what Jesus, what the Father revealed to Peter? Is it, on, is, the, is it the rock of Peter? Well, in one sense it is. It's what, it's what uh, the Father revealed to Peter. And, and let, let's go on and, and read. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So first of all, revelation knowledge is not natural knowledge, but it's spiritual knowledge and understanding from the Father. And then secondly, revelation knowledge to his church is how he builds his church. You want to know how to build a church you get before God and in His presence and in His Word and He'll show you if He's called you to start a church or plant a church or start a ministry, you're going you're to have to do it by revelation. You just can't come to a conference and get principles and, and you know, formulas and how everybody else did it. Jesus said, the way I'm going to build my church is I'm going to reveal to my church how I want to build my church. And He's going to reveal it to you. I said to you, he wants to reveal to you what he wants to do through you in building his kingdom. And you're important, you're significant. There's a place on the map that God's called you to fill with his glory and with his knowledge and with his grace and with his unconditional love. And he needs people who, have, who understand him and have a revelation knowledge of him to go out and fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. He needs you. Say He needs me. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> then, then revelation brings us into greater dimensions of spiritual authority. When you get revelation, man, I'm telling you, the devil, the devil, uh, people, and the devil came too late to take healing away from me. I got news for you. I mean, you get revelation that by His stripes you're healed, and, it, and it's already uh, everything you ever, every, all the healing, all the forgiveness, all the peace of mind, everything that you ever need in life with, uh, that, that, uh, 
that happened at, at the finished work of the cross is already on deposit in my spiritual account. And all I have to do is write a check on that by faith today. Man, you came too late to tell me that God doesn't heal every time. When my, when my, when my uh, son Michael was healed and then when, when my uh, daughter-in-law was healed, they said she would, never have it, she would not have any more children and scar tissue was totally removed from her insides, and, and, and the doctor said, you, ma'am, you've had a, you've had a make, new makeover. You've had a, some kind of makeover because all the scar tissue is gone. And then she gave birth to my first grandson. Don't tell me that God doesn't heal. When my, when my granddaughter, Joelle, was in, had club, it was documented by sonograms that she had club feet in her mother's womb. And, and my son, Jeremiah, took authority over those club feet and commanded those feet to be normal. And that baby was born uh, completely normal. Praise God. And with, and with skin, extra skin around her ankles that, that would have happened had she had the surgery in which, which she had a Holy Ghost surgery in the mother's womb. Don't tell me that God doesn't heal today. But it comes by revelation. And when you get revelation of these things, I'm telling you, man, the devil doesn't know what to do with you. And he'll, he'll leave you alone. And you, man, you'll, you'll be setting, city, setting cities free. Praise God. That's what he's called. He's called you for greatness in the kingdom. He didn't just call you to twiddle your thumbs and, and watch, and, and, and watch uh, late night movies. He's called you to make a difference in the kingdom. And he's going to reveal things to you by his spirit that's going to, ch that's going to change cities and change churches and change nations and change education and change, you know, entertainment and all, all kinds of things. That he has a plan for you. Amen. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter who your parents were or even if you don't know your parents. God knows you. And he's got a plan for your life. And he's going to reveal to you, just like he did, just like the Father did to Jesus when he came into the earth. He had to spend time in the Word, and then God, then God made alive to him what, what he was about. He found the places in the Word that were written of him. Is that not true? I mean, he opened the Scripture and found places that were written of him. Do you know there are places in the Bible that are written of you? There are things in here that will awaken you and cause your baby to leap. So that's, this is what I'm for. This is my purpose. This is what my, I'm called to do. Man, God's got a purpose for you. And it comes by revelation. Amen? In 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor, nor have entered the, into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us by, through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So re, here it says, revelation comes to us by the Spirit. Okay, and it's always going to be in line with the Word. Don't tell me that the Spirit of God is leading you uh, to divorce your husband or your wife. You know, don't tell me some goofball thing that you think He led you to do and it doesn't line up with the Word. But the Spirit of God will reveal things to you that will line up with His Word. And you thank God for the Holy Ghost. 
That's why we need to be filled with the Spirit. That's why we don't need to be back with people that back off from the Holy Spirit. Because there will come a time in people's lives, the people that you God's called you to reach, which by the way, He's not going to be sending you to perfect people. I have people call me, man, God sent me to all these messed up people. Job security, man. <laughs> if there were <laughs> He sent you to messed up people, yeah. <laughs> Praise God, the only two perfect people I know is Andrew and me. <laughs> Let me see, I don't see Andrew anywhere. <laughs> But you just spend a little time with Jamie and Janice and they'll straighten you out. <laughs> oh man, God's, God's calling you to people who have messed up lives. Sometimes people come in and share their stuff with me and I'm thinking, man, Jesus, you are one messed up person. <laughs> I don't think Jesus himself could help you. <laughs> But you know, I think that, I don't say that. The thing is, is... <laughs> How many of you thought that? <laughs> no, it's like, man, but, but, but all of a sudden, you know, and my wife and I, I mean, I'm the teacher and she'll come in and she's a little prophetess and all of a sudden, you know, I stand up, honey, so everybody can see my beautiful bride. <laughs> So all of a sudden, I mean, I'm spending, I'm, I'm waxing eloquence, you know, and like I can and tell everybody all, you know, all this truth. And all of a sudden, man, she tells a story that goes right down to the heart of things. And oh, 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 you know, so Jesus, why am I even here? No, but it's by, by revelation, God give, helps her to go down to the root. And I couldn't help them. I couldn't fix them. But I'm telling you, by the Spirit, she speaks a word, and, and it went down to the heart of the matter, and then they got set free. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the move of the Spirit. We need to be, uh, uh, we, we need to be open to the gifts of the Spirit. And Daniel and I teach together a, a course here on uh, how to operate the gifts in order. So, uh, man, we, man we, we, we believe in the move of the gifts of the Spirit, but, but not swinging from chandeliers and doing weird things. <laughs> Amen? So all revelation given by the Spirit is going to line up with the Word. And then finally, another verse I want to share with you. This is all, these are all scriptural foundation to receive revelation. Ephesians 1, 17-20. This is uh, Paul's prayer that you and I can pray for ourselves and for others, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say revelation. In the knowledge of Him. In the knowledge of who? Jesus. So it's a revelation of Jesus. What did, what did we see in 1 Peter 1.13 that is brought to us uh, at the revelation of Jesus? More grace that the eyes of your understanding being lightened, that you may, number one, you may know what is the hope of His calling. So first of all, revelation will bring you an understanding of God's call on your life. Is that important? Yes. Then what is, exce uh, 
what are, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance is in the saints. He's going to, Revelation will bring you a knowledge of how, what, what kind of inheritance you are to the Lord, but also what inheritance He has for you. Revelation will bring this to you. Then, what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated us at His right hand in heavenly places. So, you also get, Revelation will bring you confidence in moving in the power of God and, and, and understanding and confidence that you've got the power of God in you. As Andrew says, you've already got it. Say, I've already got it. So all of these things, uh, all these things are foundational truths to the, you and I walking in Revelation. And let me tell you something. Uh, God, God's not satisfied with you living lower on a lower level uh, than, than He ordained you to live. And let me tell you something else. He didn't ordain you to live on second-hand revelation. He doesn't want you. He doesn't. He doesn't want you just depending on Andrew's revelation. Because there's some people doing like the seven sons of Sceva. You know, I, I'm. I'm I, you come to a demonic person. I cast you out in the name of Andrew, <laughs> or the name of Jesus, whom Andrew preaches. He said, "Well, Andrew, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you?" Secondhand revelation, guys, is not is doesn't cut it. It's what God want, God wants to download things in you. And let me tell you something: He has hidden revelation in His book for you, not from you. And you're not going to get it just skimming along the surface. Are you listening to me? He's. I mean, if you if you knew there were hit, there was hidden treasure in here, if you knew, you know, I think didn't we do this one time? Put a, a $20 bill in each of our kids' Bibles. <laughs> and some of them found it right away and some of them, it was a while. There's, there's treasure hidden in here. Did you know that? All these things that I just read for, I mean, man, I, each of these scriptures I gave you, you could, man, you could camp there and preach a message on each of those and meditate on each of those. But uh, here, here's what I want to share uh, I want to share some things with you and then, and then uh, sum it up with one, one, a couple of other areas, emphasis that the Spirit of God wants to bring to us today. But I want to talk to you about um, several ways that revelation can come to us and just give you practical uh, ways that you can receive revelation. In fact, Barry and I teach this. We taught it in first year and in third year. We may, we may expand this and do a whole course on this, but... Uh, you know, I don't want to just tell you that this is possible. Let me let me just let me just give let me just kind of give you some practical ways and unpack for you how I how I receive revelation from God. Is that okay? I don't know how Andrew does it. I can't do what Andrew does. I mean, you you know, I've got I've got outlines here. Okay? And you know, Andrew's got them, but they're in his head. I don't have a steel trap brain like him. So, um you know, I, I, I write down stuff and, and that way I can keep it and, and, and save it and, and then I put it on my iPad and, and then I can take it all over the world and preach it. Amen? So here's, here's and it's in your outline, okay? I'm going to give you, I'm not going to be able to spend uh, 
time on each of these points, but I will give you the blanks. God forbid I wouldn't fill in the blanks, right? <laughs> no, number one uh, in your outline, feeding on the Word. Feeding on the Word. This is the way to receive. I receive revelation from God is just feeding on the Word. Look at Matthew 24. Let me give you an example of that. Now, here, here's the way I read in the Bible. Okay, I read one book at a time. I read Genesis, then I go to Matthew. Exodus, and then, then I don't go to Mark. All right? I don't, I don't like just reading the Gospels through. Uh, you know, I'll read one book in the Old Testament, one in the New, but then when I, I, go, I go Mark, I mean, I go Matthew, then I do Acts, and I do Mark, and then I do uh, Romans, and I do uh, Luke, and then I do 1 Corinthians, and, and then I do John, and I go through the rest of the... Uh, through the rest of the New Testament that way. And, um, and that just helps me. I stay, I just read one book at a time. And as I'm reading, okay, just while I'm reading, and I typically will read, uh, there's nothing magical about this or, you know, but I typically I'll read about five chapters a day. It takes you about 30 minutes to read five chapters. But I don't always get through five chapters. And I, just, I don't care if I, get, if I read one. Sometimes I'll read 10. Doesn't matter. And you know what? I've, I've eaten in a lot of restaurants. Um, I didn't know what that stuff was. I don't know how they put it together, but it sure tasted good. And sometimes you read in the Bible, I don't understand all that. Well, yeah, but after a while, man, I'm telling you, it, it sure, it sure went, went good into my soul. And, and God wants to... Have, God wants us to deposit truth in our, in our souls so that He can make it wisdom later. Amen? So I was just reading along in Matthew 24 one day and uh, actually not really looking forward to reading Matthew 24 because I, I didn't, you know, I was just kind of plodding through. And He just, the Holy Spirit just stopped me at a verse. Any of you ever, or passage, any of you, have, has that ever happened? Okay, he just stopped me at verse 10. And then many, in the last days, many will be what? Many will be offended. And then watch this, and will betray one another, hate one another, many false prophets will rise up, deceive many, because lawlessness will abound, the love of uh, many will grow cold, and uh, he that endures to the end will be saved. And, I, and all of a sudden, I, just, I was arrested there, and the, and the, it was like, all right, I'm gonna stop, and I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me here? And, and this, this, these words came bubbling up in my, in my, from my spirit was that this is the downward spiral of offense. Right here. And so I looked at it. I said, it's right here in the Word. I, was just, I wasn't meditating. I wasn't doing anything. I was just reading. And all of a sudden, and I stopped and I, and, and I looked at it. And I said, and here it is. And so I looked at it and I heard that. I heard that rise up and, and, and look at it. It says many will, everybody say, be, becoming offended. You know, there's a difference between offenses coming and becoming offended. Jesus said offenses must come. Becoming offended is not an event that happens to you. It's a decision you make after offenses come. So, so first of all, you become offended then you bet then betrayal. Everybody say, ever say, everybody say, offended, Amen. betrayal, betrayal. Hatred. hatred, false prophets rise. 
deception, uh, lawlessness, cold love. That's the downward spiral of offense. I'm I'm not concerned about global warming as much as I am about global chilling. And, and I saw here the, the, that, and, I, and I, so I started, I started thinking and I started meditating now, and now, now, I'm, now I'm into meditation. You know, why do people become offended? Well, well, first of all, I saw this. It said, many false prophets arise. Where do false prophets arise from? They are true prophets who, be, who allow themselves to become offended. Now, I'm just reading the Bible, and I, and, I, I, and I just start asking questions. Why are people offended? And why do, why do he said many false, it's not, it's not an, every false prophet you will ever see, every cult leader, they, it happened because they became offended. And they didn't process their offense. And then so I started asking, Lord, why? Why do people allow themselves to become offended? And see, if you read the Old Testament as well as the New, 1 Corinthians 10 says the Old was written for our examples. And and then I'm asking these questions to the Holy Spirit. And then I remembered a passage over in in Exodus, let me see what what verse it is, 15, 23 through 25. I'm not going to... I'm not going to read the passage to you. You can look at it later. But it's about the children of Israel when they came out of the Red Sea and they, and they went three days into the wilderness without water. They came to the bitter waters of Marah. Remember that? And then there, the, the waters were bitter. The people were complaining to Moses. And then God, God said, Moses, well, look at that tree. And he found a tree. He cast the tree into the bitter waters and the bitter waters became what? Sweet. Well, because I knew that and because I'd read that, the Holy Spirit, you know, when I was asking, why do people become offended? Well, what, what is it about? Why is it that some people are offended? They got a chip on their shoulder. They, they're they, they're uh, a victim instead of a victor. You know, they, they have this, you know, poor me mentality. You know, they have this eternal whine in their voice. You know, when, they used, when I used to pastor, they'd come to me and it was real easy to identify. Pastor, I just want to know why I have all these problems. Mm. Little, (laughs) yeah, job security, right? (laughs) Oh, man. And you know, it's like, they, it's like you know, they, they have their own Victims Anonymous club and they want everybody to join their, join their club. Why is it? And then, and then because I'd read that passage in Exodus when I was just at, why do people become offended? I don't want to become a false prophet, do you? But I can if I allow myself to become offended. And I'm telling you guys, there are a lot of things that happen in life that tempt us to become offended. I mean, I, I've got war wounds that I could compare with you and I'd beat 95% of you in this room. But I'm, you know what? I don't, smell, I don't have the smell of smoke on me. Paul and Patsy Milligan walked through some of that with us. Praise God. We went through an involuntary church plant. 
had a $9 million frivolous lawsuit over a counseling thing that gave rise to, gave rise to a, a, a church split and, you know, but I just decided, and, you know, Andrew helped us through that time, Pastor Bob Nichols, uh, but you know what, I've decided I'm not going to get cynical, but why is it that people do? And he took me to that passage and he said, what does that cross, what, is, what does that tree represent? It represents the cross. What does the bitter, do the bitter waters represent? The, bitter, the bitterness of people's souls. He said that the remedy for becoming, for, for be, becoming offended and bitterness and all that in your soul is, is you, you've got to apply the cross to the bitter waters of your soul. And the reason why people become offended, and I'm just telling you this, this happened in about about maybe five or seven minutes time. This revelation. And he said the reason why people become offended is because they value their loss greater than my cross. And they fail to apply the cross to their bitter waters. How many of you had some bitter waters in your life? I mean, look, I, I mean, I can't, I, I can't identify with everybody's pain. But let me tell you something, Jesus can. And His cross is greater than your pain or loss. Are you with me? Now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just giving you unpacked there for you just while I'm reading the Bible one day. And because I knew another passage, see, I, the way I study the Bible is I compare Scripture to Scripture to get the big picture. And then I, I tie all those verses together in my Bible and, and now in my, soft, my new software Bible. And man, it's awesome. And I've got all these messages there. Another, number two. I'm, I'm going to have to just move on here. An, an, another one. Was that helpful? Yes. Praise God. You don't have to stay offended. Offenses will come. But we process our offense by applying the cross to the bitter waters of our soul. Amen. And they won't, it, what, what will they turn? Sweet. When you value the cross greater than your pain. Why do people, why, and then I guess I, I forgot this to mention. I, and then I, all right, Lord, why would people value their loss and pain greater than the cross? Because they like the attention and sympathy they get from it. There's people that are stuck there. Now, I got all of that. <laughs> Reading the Bible one day in about seven minutes. Just reading the Bible. You see what's in there for you? Then another thing is uh, number two, meditating on the Word. Everybody say meditating on the Word. You know, I was just um, meditating the Word one time and, and, uh, and, and you know, I'd heard Kenneth Hagin talk about the woman question and, and I could see that God wants to use women in ministry and all that because you could see it in the Bible, but I still was, uh, you know, trying to find, trying to make sense of First Corinthians fourteen thirty four and and First Timothy two, uh, where to where it talks about, you know, uh, the women ought not to speak in church. All the men said. <laughs> Got a bunch of wimps here. <laughs> no, you're just smart. That's all. But, you know, and so I just, you know, when I'm reading 1 Corinthians, reading 1 Corinthians 34, let your women keep silent in the churches, for they're not permitted to speak, 
but they're to be submissive as the law says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home for it's shameful for, for women to speak in the church. And I said, man, God, that, you, I got to get revelation on this. You're going to have to show me. I'm just asking you. And I start meditating on that. First of all, in the context. If you read the context of that passage, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, the context is talking about order and edification. Does that edify you to tell you that you, that you can't speak in church, wives, women? No. But I mean, edification and order. And so I'm thinking, all right, there's a reason why he inserted this in there when he's talking about order. And then I just kept reading it and asking the Holy Spirit. He said, read it again. And I read it again. I'm just meditating, thinking. And then all of a sudden, I saw it. I saw the word husbands. What kind of women have husbands? Married women, wives. So he's not talking to all women. He's, I said he's not talking to all women. He's talking to women who have husbands. And why would he be talking to women who have husbands? Because if you understand the context, he's talking about order. I want order in, in the church and it's, not, it's out of order for a woman to, uh, who is married to her husband to use her ministry to usurp authority over, over that family unit. That's what he's saying. That's, that's the, I mean, he's not talking to all women saying women can't talk in church. That's not possible. First of all, It's, it's not a possibility. No, he's just saying, I don't want you asking questions like I had. I mean, Paul was there and he was an elder in my church. We, we'd teach and we'd have questions. And then, you know, a wife would ask a question. And, uh, uh, and, and she would say, now I know someone who's married to someone who has this problem and it's the elephant in the room. The someone she's talking about is her husband sitting next to her. <laughs> and pastor, would you, would you give me some wisdom of what should I tell this other woman? Well, in other words, help me, pastor, to straighten my husband out. And that's out of order. No, you go home and ask your husband at home. He's not saying all women can't talk in church. He's not even saying wives can't talk in church. He's just saying don't use your gifts, you know, to, to um, usurp authority over your, over your husband. You see that? Then, then another way while I'm meditating that I, get, um, that I get revelation, I'm meditating. Sometimes God will just focus me on one word. Uh, Proverbs 4 uh, 22 and 23. It says, out of the guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it uh, flow the issues of life. And that word issues, I, one day I just started looking, and, and it means borders and boundaries. Borders and boundaries. And so when I started meditating on that, you mean if I guard my heart and even the soulish part of my heart, keep it free from bitterness and offense and unforgiveness? It, see, what I allow in my heart not my spirit part of my heart, that part's sealed, but the soulish part of my heart, it will, it, will, uh, it, will it will cause borders and boundaries to be set up. It'll either, either limit me or it will release me. Are you listen, listening to me? And so I just, I just, man, I mean, you can meditate on that yourself. I mean, that's, that's powerful. Um, then number three, seeking God how to help others. One time Paul and I were ministering to this demonized 
gal, and I don't know if she ever got free, but I got free. Because while we're ministering to her, Paul made a statement that set me free. He said, to fear God is to fear nothing else. And I never forgot that. I mean, and I was afraid of everything. I was, I was developing messages to try to impress people. You cannot impress, you cannot bless those you're trying to impress. So I'm, I'm just, I mean, I can't, I'm going to have to go on here. Uh, when I'm praying about what to teach, you can get revelation that way. Praying about what to teach. While teaching or counseling, you know, ministering to other people. Uh, you know, I, I recently got a message, you know, from, you know, while I was counseling somebody, I just told them all the Holy Ghost did. While I'm counseling someone, the Holy Ghost said, you know, the problem is you're submitting to that pain. You cannot resist what you're submitting to. I mean, that is revelation to me. While I'm, while I'm counseling, while I'm teaching, number, number, uh, number six, when you're going through a crisis or a major decision that requires His wisdom, uh, when we were going through that church split, God gave me Hebrews 12, 25. He said, uh, there's a word coming again that uh, He's shaken everything that can be shaken so that that which uh, will not be shaken can remain. And God spoke to me. I need to allow those that could be shaken to leave so that those which cannot be shaken would remain. If I didn't allow the shakable to, to leave, the, the unshakable wouldn't remain. That was, man, that was a revelation to me. You know, when I'm listening on number seven, when I'm listening to someone, someone else teach or share revelation, teach or share revelation. Andrew one time from 2 Timothy chapter 2 was going down the line teaching about uh, principles of discipleship and faithfulness and he stopped at verse 6 and the Holy Spirit said, read verse 7. Verse 7 said, consider what I say about these things and you'll find understanding in all things. And I went to Andrew later. I said, did you, did you see this? He said, no. I said, you do this, you apply these things to your life, you're going to get understanding in all things. That came while someone else was teaching. When I'm refuting, uh, number eight, when I'm refuting error, and there's a lot of error going on in the body of Christ today. I mean, that all people are just and innocent after the cross, and no one has an old nature. You know, all this, all this uh, repackaged universalism. If this is true, how could there be a resurrection of the just and the unjust? Everyone who believes, that's Acts 24, 15, Acts 13, 39. Everyone who believes is justified. Not everybody who doesn't. Amen? Then number nine, observing others' lifestyles, patterns, successes, and failures. You can, you can look at people's lives and watch them and you can see whether their doctrine is right or not. Is how, How's it working in their marriage? And then in times of worship in His presence, number 10, you know, I was worshiping God one time and, and uh, the Lord spoke to me while I'm worshiping. Uh, he said, why are you defending yourself to yourself? He said, whose father is speaking that about you? And I'm just kind of dumbfounded. He said, it's not me. And I got, I got that in worship. And so, man, I got, I got set free through that. Are you listening to me? It's awesome. Now I want you to turn to two, uh, two verses quickly. First, First Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren, 
Whenever you come together, each of you has. Everybody say each of us. Each means me. Say me. Has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a what? So each one of you has a revelation. Let me tell you something. One of the problems in the body of Christ today is this. We, we, we sell our revelation short. You, you, you hear Andrew share things, Barry share things, and you feel like you feel about this tall. Let me tell you something. You can't put on Saul's armor. But, what, but, but as David, what, what, has t- what revelation brought you into salvation? What revelation has brought victories in your life? What revelation has taken down the line, taken the line in the bear? Let me tell you something, guys. That same revelation, God will build on it, but it'll take down your Goliath. Don't sell your revelation short. Say, I have revelation. And I will come to more revelation. All right, one more verse. Mark, is this okay? Mark chapter 3. Look at Mark 3. Mark 3, verse 13 and 14. Jesus prayed all night, called his disciples to himself, the 12 to himself. And watch this, verse, uh, uh, verse 14. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that they might send him out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and, and cast out demons. He called the 12 first to be with him. To be with him and then go out in power. You know part of our problem, guys? Daniel eleven thirty two 32 says, those that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. Part of the problem is like this prophetess came to this pastor friend of mine one time and said, I've got a word for you. And he said, well, tell me. He said, uh, I just want you, to, I want you to tell Francis that I miss him. He's not valuing. He's doing all this ministry, doing all this stuff. Well, I thought Jesus is inside. Yeah, Jesus is inside. He was inside of the church that he was speaking in to in Revelation when he said, I'm stand, he's standing at the door and knocking. Where we haven't invited, where we haven't given, he's present with us, but are we present to him? Are we valuing time with him? Are we valuing the word of God? Are we valuing the revelation he wants to download in us? He's hidden it for you. He's waiting for you to spend time with Him and value that and value His Word. And He's going to open up His Word to you like none other. He's going to bring revelation to you that's going to change your life. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank You in Jesus' name for every person here. Lord, You have the capacity to reveal Yourself to them in unique ways. And I speak a release of revelation knowledge on every person here, every man, woman, boy, and girl, and a passion and a hunger to receive revelation from the Word in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Blessings, guys. Take a break. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the Word of God through this message. It's the faithful support of people like you who make this ministry possible. We invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries. We maintain a website at awmi.net. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111 
or you can write us at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80934. Until next time, we pray that you'll reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace.